Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome into The Flex. Welcome to week three tips and tricks. The most confused fantasy podcast out there. Live on the, well, not live, on YouTube. You're seeing us all in our great glory uh, for your upcoming matchups. Head on over to broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of our other great content. And wanted to mention real quick our recent partnership with 440 Sports. Check out 440 Sports for all of your Broadway podcasts that you already love and all the other Nashville content available for your listening pleasure. Hey, don't forget the Heimerdinger Foundation. Oh, and we and are partnered with the Heimerdinger Foundation now. Great charity. Go and change your membership over to the Heimerdinger membership thing. I mean, I don't know what we're taking. Foundation monthly all-access pass is exactly the same as the regular monthly all-access pass, except 25% of your membership, all the proceeds, 25% of that membership level. Again, same price as the regular membership level. Go to the Heimerdinger Foundation to benefit charity to benefit cancer patients who do not have access to healthy meals. That's what their whole mission is, and it's pretty great. They've fed hundreds of thousands of cancer patients in Nashville and, and surrounding areas. So it's not, it's not just that. I did this for them last year. We went and actually prepared a bunch of meals for families, and, and don't let that throw you off. They were all great. We didn't do the recipes. They just told them what to put together. And we cooked, we ate it. It's like HelloFresh. Yeah, so we, we, we put together the, the bags for everyone. But it's not only just the meals we're going to these families who are going through this this awful time and need this uplifting thing in their life. It's also they, they put messages in with the bags to let people know that they care about them, they're thinking about them, that they're not alone in this world. Because the families that are going through this is not just the, the patients. The families are going through a tough time, too. So this is what this foundation really does a good job of in taking care of them. So it's one that's really close to my heart and, and, and does a good job in the Nashville area. So check them out and, and please uh, enjoy the benefits of that. <laughs> that membership with Broadway, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, switch it over. I mean, we're, we'll, we'll take less money so other people can do something, you know, worthwhile. And I think that's very important. I, I know that other places, you know, across the country and other websites, they always donate money, but it's always very seasonal. This is something that we're going to have going on for the foreseeable future until the Heimerdinger Foundation listens to this podcast and decides they don't want to sponsor this website anymore. Either way, <laughs> let me say this. You, you're not, this is a one-stop shop website, right? We, you, we have fantasy, we have gambling, we have film analysis, we have hockey, we have soccer, we have it all, right? Everywhere in one spot. And now, not only do you get to enjoy all that, but you get to feel a little bit better about yourself because you can donate a portion of your membership. You are actually doing a good thing in 2020. Just seems very hard to do lately that people do good things in 2020. Now you can do good things in 2020 and still get good analysis and everything. A little bit of a selfish spin on it, but some people are selfish and they need to hear the selfish spin. Rex Green, that's your calling right there. And the analysis on our site is about to get way better because we've officially been cleared, given actual legitimate permission to use stills from the all 22 footage in our breakdowns, which will illustrate what we're doing so much better. Look for that. That's going to be awesome. 
Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that because I enjoyed those articles before I was part of this, and I'm enjoying putting those together now for my In the Trenches article, which I got to plug on two podcasts this week. Love it. Let's move on to the and news. And those are really good, by the way. Not to toot your horn for you, Thank but you, you, you don't because you hate tooting your own horn. You'll give an idea in a chat and then immediately turn it down like five minutes later and say that's a stupid idea, even though everybody liked it. <laughs> so... It's a very good article. I think it's probably the article on a weekly basis that I learn the most from just because you go so deep in the analysis. And I know that's going to be a blow to Justin's ego. I know he's very hurt up there. But Justin's Justin's head's already too big for his body. I I cannot contribute to to his neck breaking. And I, and I Ryan has it. the best logo on the site as well. It's not only in large no, I'll take credit. I'll take credit for that. I'll take credit. Was, I mean, yeah, it was a collaborative effort. But it was definitely you putting together. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it could it. use more cats. I'm just saying. <laughs> so well, and, talk and, to Chris. We didn't make that happen. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> notice the cat until I had about a week after my first article, and my wife goes, "Why is this cat here?" <laughs> I was. That's how. That's how into it I was. I mean, I because did cats are always in the trenches. It makes perfect sense. Don't mm-hmm. question it. Oh, it's hundred percent. I enjoy it. So let's move on. Past they that. do call them cat holes, not fox holes. Am I right, guys? <laughs> a way different show. Anyway, let's move on to the news. Uh, just kind of go through things. Here's the here's the big thing for the for the, for week two. Injury Armageddon. If you somehow avoided the injury bug on your fantasy team, congratulations. You're one of the few. There were so many injuries. I'm not even gonna list them all. Yeah, congratulations. But it, it just was – it's one of the worst – I know there may be worse years altogether, but this is one of the worst weekends I can remember from just injuries uh, happening to star players that's going to be out – I mean, Chris McCaffrey's going to be out four to six weeks, you know. So, I mean, a lot of lot of um, dominoes are falling here for, for fantasy football. So, we're past the waiver wire at this point. So, if you haven't picked up the backups, you haven't done that, you're just out of luck. I don't know what you're waiting for for this show anyway. But there were some big injuries, and I couldn't believe it. Like, it was like the ticker kept running across. It was going – Good grief. And San Francisco's just uh, – do they have a team anymore? I just – I can't believe everything that's going on. It's crazy. I thought I escaped it, and then the Cortland Sutton thing happened, and I was right. like, crap. And I'm watching it with a bunch of my league of record uh, league mates at at uh, my brother-in-law's house, DJ EJ, and we're battling against each other And you know, this, this past week. But we're just going through the injuries, and, like, 2017 as a whole, as Justin said earlier, was a huge injury year. This was a one-day massacre. I have never seen injuries happen in one day like this. And not only that, a day later, the San Francisco MRI truck just breaks down. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> like, pray – listen, pray to whomever you want to pray to and protect your fantasy team the rest of the season because we've already seen wide receivers starting not to show up at practice. It's a scary time for a fantasy football player. And yeah, top two picks mostly gone, but also keep in mind the human people. Don't just like wring your hands and say, my fantasy team is screwed because somebody's dealing with a lot of emotional and physical. What? Don't look at me like that. I agree with you, Justin. That being said, if someone had Christian McCaffrey on their team and they also got decimated by other injuries, send them a little trade request for a wide receiver two or something. See if you can't get him for a late season run. Not a bad idea. See, we'll be back, and he'll be important for that playoff run. So that's that's some good advice there, right there. I don't see a couch behind you though, or a throne. So you know, we'll, we'll no, sell. I just have this great advice 
you know, alcohol cart back there. Any, any bar behind you. So let's touch on a couple of injuries that are kind of impactful this week, just real quick, just uh, uh, Kenny Galladay's back. So that's big for the, for the Lions. Devontae Adams injured, hamstring listed, and the hamstrings are always tricky for receivers. So just something to monitor as we go into the weekend. Uh, Michael Thomas remains injured with an ankle injury. The Saints seem to be just fine without him. So, you know, maybe the best receiver. Well, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Well, Drew Brees had 300 yards and, and uh, his backup. 300 yards on to, dump offs. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah but that's what I'm saying. Is like, if anybody can catch, that's my point. What do they need him to catch the dump offs? If anybody can catch the dump offs, it wouldn't be down 34 17. Apparently, not Emmanuel Sanders. I know we're going to get to that later, but apparently, yeah, we'll he can't catch the dump offs. No DJ Chark at practice, which is big because he's questionable going into Thursday night, which is later tonight. That's very big. That's very big. So, a chest and back injury. Shut I don't up. even know what that could be. I, I, I mean, well, uh, Cole, can, can go, he he had a big uptick in production this this last weekend as well, so maybe that's some names to keep in mind there. Uh, George Kittle still limited with a MCL sprain, and uh, Cam Akers not a practice due to separated rib cartilage. Hopefully the doc the Chargers doctors don't swing by to try to give him some treatment. <laughs> Hopefully they don't <laughs> share doctors in that LA facility. Hopefully, because if they that's puncture another lung, that's going to be a weird. That's going to be a weird. What a wild story. Okay. Theory. Justin Herbert played really well because Kansas City didn't have any film to prepare for him with. And not that, I mean, they have Oregon film, but they thought they prepared all week like they were going to play against Tyrod. It's like, this is the Chiefs. This is where you pull out all the stops. I will say that. In, in a, and I, so Anthony Lynn told the doctor, stab him in the fucking lung. <laughs> Look, if Tyrod has to go to the hospital long. today, risk whatever you got to do. Win. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Tom Brady didn't tell anyone to deflate any footballs either. Theory. So, yeah. uh, Real theory, Justin Herbert found a lab coat and put on a fake mustache and went in as Dustin Sherbert, Dr. Dustin Sherbert, MD, and stabbed Tyrod Taylor or T Rod, T Rod, whatever. Tyrod, Tyrod. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a weekly thing. One well, maybe not these out for a little bit. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, you know, maybe maybe there's a lot of theories out there, but I will back you up on at least the football sound part of that. It is a. I've been in the situations where you do prepare all week for a quarterback, and then all of a sudden the, the backup has to play, and you have no clue. You saw that in college. I can't remember. Like Auburn just decimated a better Alabama team one year because the backup played, and they had no clue what he looked like. Uh, Texas national championship versus Alabama. The backup comes in and does better than Colt McCoy because the defense has not been preparing for his style. Four interceptions and they got their ass kicked. Fuck Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> Fuck that piece of shit. <laughs> Hook them. <laughs> Do four interceptions. Colt McCoy wins he... that game. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> They they were they didn't look good with him. Anyway, that's that's low way in the past. I was actually at that game. So that, those are our injuries that could affect some fantasy rosters currently. Moving on to review, quick review of last week. Uh, big winners, big underachievers. Zach, who's a who's some big winners from last week? Aaron Jones is the biggest winner of this so far. Very short fantasy football season because he's the guy that's still waiting on his contract and he is killing it. I have been an Aaron Jones supporter for a couple of years now since he entered the league and Mike McCarthy screwed him over and really for the most part of last year Matt LaFleur was doing the same thing but Aaron Jones cannot be denied from the end zone he is when he runs and gets the ball he's being shot out like he is in a cannon and he's just a fucking cannonball just going at it's so fun to watch. He's probably one of the most fun running backs I've watched in a long time outside of Derrick Henry, where 
you want to see what he's going to do next. And he just decimated and destroyed and took no prisoners this last two weeks. And he is the biggest winner of 2020. If anybody in this world is having a better 2020 than Aaron Jones right now, it's some celebrity I probably am just forgetting. But out of everything that's going on right now, Aaron Jones is living it up in 2020, and this guy has to get paid at some point. Uh, JG, any more winners or underachievers? Ooh. Um, nah. Calvin Ridley's my boy. Calvin Ridley has I, – I kind of was feeling a little bit that Calvin Ridley would possibly take the number one wide receiver mantle in Atlanta's offense this year. We've seen it happen millions of times in NFL history, whether it's Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison or Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson. Now I feel like we're seeing this with Julio Jones passing on the mantle to Calvin. And not that Julio Jones isn't going to be a huge part of their offense, but he's getting up there in age, over that 30-hill mark. I think it's time that Calvin Ridley emerges as the wide receiver one. He's right now leading the NFL in red zone targets, which is huge for fantasy, obviously. And he's scoring points at a clip that... I love Calvin Ridley. I drafted him in five leagues. Very, very happy Calvin Ridley person right now. Are you know any big winners or underachievers? I do, and I wanted to say I do because JG said he didn't, and then he gave one anyway. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any underachievers. <laughs> I said either. Uh, big winner is Josh Allen. I don't, I don't know if I'm buying him as a long-term real-life starter, but he's thrown for over – 300 yards, two games in a row. I don't know if it's because the teams he's played. Just real quick, because we are a Titans suck. website, has Marcus ever thrown for 300 yards back-to-back? Mm, I don't know. Has if he, he did, wow. it would have been in that eight-game stretch of 2016, but even then, yeah. I doubt it. correction uh, time for Oh, oh Cowboys-Patriots were back-to-back. I don't know if he threw for 300 in either. Yeah, of those, I don't though. think he did. <laughs> wow, I mean... Packers? Did he even do that in the Packers game? You heard it here first. Packers, Chargers, maybe? 2016? I'll look it up. You keep on going, Greenlaw. But he would be my winner. He's, I mean, he's been an unbelievable fantasy starter, and he was going really late in all of my leagues. So if you picked him up, him and Cam Newton are the two guys that went really late as quarterbacks, and they have been phenomenal so far. Uh, My underachiever, I guess, would be Michael Gallup. I thought he might be have an outside shot of being the number one receiver on that team, but so far he's been number three behind both uh, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. So that's that's a little surprising. There's plenty of time for him to step it up, but uh, so far a little bit disappointing. If you would have listened to this podcast early in your draft, you would have heard that I would have told you that Josh Allen is a viable fantasy quarterback and he should not be going that late into your draft. So, yeah, I, and I said the opposite. It, yeah, you did. But I did. Draft but that's you. why I sit on the great advice throne and you're at a Holiday Inn. You're yep. not sitting on it. You're next to it. Yeah. I don't know I, what this is behind me. It's uh, breaking bad. Couch. And by the way, Marcus has never thrown for 300 yards back to back. Boom. Wow. Didn't Josh Allen throw for 400 yards this week? Yeah, we'll get got all the stats here if you're curious, but that's actually one of my uh, lessons learned if we just want to chill out on the young quarterbacks. Uh, oh, jeez, testy for spicy. the second time Ryan today. Ryan doesn't want to spoil yeah. anything, I guess. Third time, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what's a lesson learned? 
My lesson learned here is that it's time to start thinking about good matchups and bad matchups. And to me, there's a few teams that stick out right off the bat that we're going to have to kind of see if they hold true because a lot of times when an NFL team is doing something horribly for two weeks in a row, they make a lot of wholesale changes to what they're doing and things change. But, I mean, some of these teams look horrible. Like the, the There are past defenses like the Vikings right now that looks absolutely trash. I don't know if that's real or not, but my lesson is look at the matchup because it's starting to matter. All right, Zach. Well, to piggyback off that, which he obviously got from proofreading my article about the fourth down decision, is start targeting players based on matchups in your fantasy playoff window. So your fantasy playoff window, in my opinion, is from week eight on. So right before the trade deadline, all the way up to when your playoffs start, which typically we gave for some leagues. Um, you start looking at fantasy schedules. Josh Jacobs right now is awesome, right? But if he has a horrible fantasy schedule where he's going up against some really tough run defenses, you may want to look at in week six, week five, week seven, trading them out. But in doing so, you have to understand the defensive trends that hold true. Much like JG said, figure out the trends. Figure out what is true. Is Minnesota Vikings pass defense always going to be this bad? Is Seattle Seahawks defense always going to be this bad? Is Philadelphia this bad as well? You got all kinds. Is, is um, Washington's defense going to hold up? Various things you have to figure out what is true. Hell, man. I'm sorry. Just burped. <laughs> what is not true? The depth. And, and you have to figure that out. I start looking at these after week four. When week four is done, that's one month, quarter of the season. That's when you kind of start seeing the actual trends. You kind of see that week five, week six is kind of right there. You just don't want to wait too late. So do your research, look ahead, and start trading. And to that point, um, you know, the players that are leading the league in certain categories eight weeks through the season, rarely do they end up being the, the top of their position by the end of the season. I mean, look at players like Derrick Henry. This happens every year where the second half of the season, Joe Mixon over the second half last year, Devontae Parker at receiver last year. There are guys that will get hot. So don't like, I would say don't ever sell too early, but you don't want to hold on to a guy that you're getting sentimental about and, that could have really good trade value that whether it's because his schedule gets harder or just wears down towards the end of the year or whatever it is, don't necessarily be afraid to trade your studs for, for the highest possible value they're going to be because some guys, like Jacobs, are not going to be as good. If you don't have a notebook of your players and players that you want to target or some form of keeping up with it, keep up with it. Just write it down say, okay, if I have Josh Jacobs and I'm I, our trade deadline is week nine, week eight, week seven, he has a kind of a tough schedule. So week six is when I want to kind of trade him, right? Look at that kind of stuff because you want to trade them at their highest value to get more out of it before they start hitting a little rocky part of their schedule. Yeah, I tried to send Greenlaw a trade this week that he didn't laugh at. He just couldn't pull the trigger because of who was involved. But I felt like it's a fairly well-balanced trade based on. Well, let's what talk is about it. it. Yeah, what is, what is, is trade? We were joking because I think that he'd offered someone in our league, uh, C.D. Lamb, so I, I threw him. Oh, that trade. Yeah, so I. Well, it was, wasn't exactly that trade. But, yeah, Ryan sent me another one to get C.D. Lamb. Oh, yeah. so what was the trade? 
Uh, I wanted uh, CeeDee Lamb and Alvin Kamara from him, and I was trading him three players. Help me out here. It was Tyler Lockett, uh, Clyde. Is Tyler Kamara. and A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown. Whoa, for those other two? You sh- for Kamara and who? Yeah. Kamara and CeeDee Lamb. Oh, my God. Take so that. The problem Over with under- that trade. The problem with that trade is it doesn't make my starting lineup any better. Oh, it's got to. But you get rid of Alvin the, Kamara, who is going to get hurt at some point. That is terrible, and don't say that because I have him on all but one fantasy team. <laughs> See, I didn't think that. Like I said, I don't think I offered him a bad trade, but his, oh, was, I mean, you were an idiot for trade. offering that trade. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, I want Kamara. to Kamara, and I believe in C.D. Lamb. And Clyde never, is only going to get Clyde. He is only never officially only sent it either. He just sent a screenshot of it. Uh, that's fair oh, point. Wow. That's you fair. Because accept. sometimes you know, like... I joke one where I sent Alvin Kamara... Always send roster. it first and let them either turn it down then talk about it. Well, well, no, I, I, don't think yeah. I, I don't think my heart... What I, what I get worried about is when the other person accepts, then I'm like, wait, did I lose this yeah, trade? Yeah, that happens to me every single time. If I send someone <laughs> a trade and they send me back that they've accepted it right away. I was like, I just got screwed. I don't even know. It could have been I a great have asked deal. somebody in my league if I was, this was like, a God sum damn, up, what am I doing? To sum up everything we're talking about, there's still a phrase from my co- my coach's corner co-host, Jonathan Bourne. A good decision is a good decision regardless of outcome, and a bad decision is a bad decision regardless of outcome. So when you're looking at these lists like Zach is saying to make, that's great advice. That's great advice, wherever that is on his on his screen. Advice throw. So make those lists and make your decisions and, and live with them. If you, if you felt they were good and they were sound, then you, you live the results and be happy with them. So, and I just drafted Alvin Kamara again in another league. So I just want to let everybody know that I'm all in on him. So the one lesson I learned this week, and just to keep this brief, because we kind of mentioned some of these guys already, is that maybe it's time for me personally. I know we've, we've doubted some of these younger quarterbacks on this podcast saying, oh, they suck, blah, blah, blah. It, it's time to stop judging these young guys. Like we're saying, uh, Josh Allen, uh, 71% first game, 68%. So hovering around that 70% mark for the year completion wise. 312 yards first game, 417 the second one. Six touchdowns, no interceptions. So I don't know. Maybe it's time to start judge, judging him. But how many fumbles in the Jets? Well, how okay. many fumbles? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'm just saying that <laughs> he is still producing against these bad teams. He's making, he's putting these yards up. Maybe it's time to stop being so harsh on them and saying they suck because a sucky quarterback isn't, is still going to go out. We've seen that where we've seen this before that regardless of what they're going against, is still going to put up mediocre numbers. These are mediocre numbers. Gardner Minshew is not doing mediocre things. He's hitting the spies being very efficient. Maybe it's time to just stop saying with the whole, they suck is my point and know that maybe you don't start them every week, but you pick your points and you pick the good match for them oh they're viable you start josh allen every week i'm rolling with Minshew in one league every week and that is a 14 team league that i was the last person to quarterback some teams have three quarterbacks so i was like lucky to get Minshew. Minshew every week and in another league i'm rolling with josh allen every week in a league where i drafted matthew stafford <laughs> I mean, i'm gonna keep Matthew. we're stafford not talking about him right now those two guys bring me to my last point about herbert is i'm not saying he's there yet i want to see some more out of him but i said before the season he he had the best chance of the rookie quarterbacks to to make an impact and i'm just saying that's one week in the books for me that's good we'll see how he goes on to the next week i'm not eating the crow but it's being prepared for me right now <laughs> and i mentioned this already you know when a defense prepares for a completely different player <laughs> things can be different Sure, uh, I agree. Uh, but let's see how he does. Yeah, but I was down on Herbert too, but he made some really nice he throws. He looked really, 
he looked really good. It so. wasn't like uh eh, screw you oh, this, guys. They're not ready. He looked for really it. good. Screw Justin and Herbert. I am not exciting. getting on the Herbert train. I'm not on it. I'm just saying it's he was. I'm still hoping for the worst. If he's good, it's exciting. It's more exciting for the league. If he's I good. disagree I with that. I hope he stinks. Yeah. I hope he stinks. I hope he's good, so I'll be right about something this year. <laughs> I hope Oregon quarterbacks stink for the rest of their fucking lives. I agree. Oh, anyway. <laughs> All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, let's move on here to our most popular segment of this show, the one that gets a lot of debate, our sit, start, sleepers and we want to just go over i know we've kind of talked about some things i don't i don't know if we really want to mention the, the records or anything or how people did i'm 11, kidding 11 2 and 1 buds zach lions and the great advice throne is 11 2 and 1 last week he got all yeses and i guess a sort of i'm, I'm not going to get into that again but <laughs> zach told you to start philip rivers and paris campbell guys i mean uh, not officially on DFS. the podcast not officially on the podcast but let's not act like zach is infallible yes he had, well he's i'm infallible well. sit start you're doing well but let's you're doing very well you are running away with this competition because the next one to you is is Greenlaw at five eight and one until and then, next week and i'm going to catch up next week and then Zach and I, or excuse me, JG and I are at the bottom of the barrel here at five and nine. Just, I, I just personally on my picks, I, I pick Jared Goff to sit. And every time I'm on the, uh, the uh, sleeper app that we're in, just every, every like three minutes, I would see Jared Goff with the big play. Jared Goff, I'm like, God, dang it. <laughs> and then, and then the, if it wasn't him, it was freaking DJ Moore. I'm like, Try great. Telling you, right there. The Rams are back, baby. Yeah. yeah I'm in that train. After week one, was the Rams that are the Rams are back? But I was right about John U. Smith, and I'm very happy about that. Is, is yeah. you know, following the Titans, and he did have a great. It's a little game obvious, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So was Dak Prescott. That's fine. Uh, I <laughs> let me defend my Dak Prescott pick, and when I said that he would be quarterback one, and guess who's quarterback one? Dak yes, Prescott. that was a great call. That was a great bold right, prediction. Don't call John U. Smith. Hey, look, it wasn't looking when good. He when he's it wasn't, it wasn't an easy. Point. It yeah. wasn't an easy road to that. By the Two way. QB sneaks on the goal let's line not, and a third rushing call touchdown. Donu, uh, obvious when he's projected for seven points, then breaks out for twenty-four. Projected? So. Who looks at that shit? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's there. It's kind of hard not to look at it when you're looking at your roster. Yeah. So first One thing about Justin Herbert is if he's good, what? Then <laughs> Who's the talking Titans about Justin? Fans, this is like Marcus all over again. That's the point. Nobody's that's talking about point. Justin. If the Titans fans that are still here because of Marcus. If Justin mm-hmm. Herbert's good, they will leave. We will be done with them. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Or they'll he say, already left when he went to Vegas. team that ruined Marcus. He could have been just like Herbert. Fuck. That's what they'll yeah. say. It'll be those terrible. Will be some, those will be some great arguments. So just before we move on, though, we've talked a little bit about my roster. We've talked a little bit about um, the weeks for, for Zach and the great advice thrown. You've seen my 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 shit advice sofa behind me that's that the, you're, you're – you're, local crack den uh so i don't know what green law if you have anything there because you're down there with me and so are you justin but anything justin from your picks last week you wanted to call that there was a surprise to you that you didn't get well i said to bench terry mclaurin that was pretty silly that was pretty silly you weren't alone green law you were a victim of that too and yeah but i said don't play him in the flex which is a, a worse call <laughs> it, was, that is it, was, true. it was bolder that is true. but it was a worse call he was wide receiver four this week, and um, I want to just—I don't know—I have nothing to say. This is this this is a hard game. <laughs> so so pick your battle tier when we get. It. I so, find it very easy. 
So pick your battles here when we get into our sit starts, knowing that Zach almost had a perfect score last week. If, if Paris Campbell doesn't get injured, he probably is going to get that one too because he had him as a sleeper, and he, he who knows? I mean, he only had, what, two plays, three plays, whatever it was. So there's no real way to know, but that's not bad. Six out of seven is not probably bad. Probably would have been a loss. I'm just sensing it. It probably would have been a loss. You nope. son of a bitch. <laughs> so let's move on to this week and start with the quarterbacks like we always do. Justin, kick us off with a start at quarterback. So I debated going with Ryan Tannehill here, but this is just a direct shot at Zach that I am choosing Joe Burrow because I watched the I've watched two Eagles games now, as most of us have, and I have to say I am thoroughly unimpressed with the defense, completely and wholly unimpressed with the defense. I believe that the Bengals are going to let Joe Burrow throw, as evidenced by his 61 attempts last Thursday night. Woo! They've had a lot of time to prepare for this game, given that that was a, the little mini-buy of playing on a Thursday night. I think Joe Burrow is uh, legit good. This is not going to be one of his like four-point games. Not this week, baby. Is he going to have one of those I games? Still, I still can't believe you said he was going to average under four points all year. <laughs> maybe he will, maybe he won't. Does he have to play... A really good defense? Who knows? Well, let me say this. Is when that, he plays the Ravens, he might have a really bad game. Let's just throw that, is that I kind of I kind of disagree with Justin here in the fact that I think this is a rebound game for the Philadelphia defense. Uh, I'm very interested to see what happens with Darius Slay because obviously he was out uh, this past weekend. But I, I think this is a, a down game for Joe Burrow, and this could be... A 14-point game for Joe Burrow. I mean, he'll never be below four, but, I mean, who would be so stupid to say that? Yeah. Maybe if you were, like, exaggerating to make a point, you might say it, but I don't know. Didn't seem like exaggerating at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because I said I was exaggerating, like, two sentences later, but whatever. It's on I tape. I don't remember I that sent part. It to the, I sent it to all of you, so it's weird. You should <laughs> I remember. felt like you edited that in there. Yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> did not. Well, you edit the podcast, so how do we know? Yeah, yeah. I take all my takes all my sound effects out of it, so you guys don't hear it anymore. It's not because I completely forgot to turn the board on. <laughs> have they not? Have they, Have you been trying to do sound effects today? No, well, we've said the flex forgot. like three times already. Have we? Yeah, I, I completely forgot. <laughs> That's what happens when you're in the grungy apartment. Shitty advice. If you guys do not watch this video as listeners. Go subscribe on YouTube. The video is so much better than just the audio podcast. It really Honestly, is. Honestly, it's not even worth listening to if you're just Ooh, listening. Yeah. Well, no, still listen to this. Don't listen to fucking JG saying people don't listen to this. Do both. All right. So moving on here. So, uh, Greenlock, give us a sit at quarterback. Wow, we've done one? Yep. We've, we've done one. We're motoring through boys. Let me say something. We are going to give ample analysis on all these picks. I don't care how long it takes. We are doing it. Oh, God. I got to go to bed at some point. Anyway. What do I um, do? I don't sleep. <laughs> my my sit for this week is uh, Deshaun Watson, which is really bold, obviously. You know, this is a great pick here. Uh, the it's Steelers, almost the same exact pick that was made last week by someone but it, else. It's not. He's playing different people now. Oh, okay. It's bold to go back-to-back sits. That's bold. That's true, because usually bounce backs. Yep. We talked he's about last week. Yep. He's playing the Steelers. Uh, Steelers are the 10th best team against uh, quarterbacks for fantasy points. So, uh, 10th best. Yeah. So, uh, I think I think this is a bad situation for him. He, I, I'll get to this later, but he 
he's kind of confused about how who to throw to here. Will Fuller had, I think, one target last week for zero points. A guy JG really really likes, but he got not last zero week, points. Though. Yeah, and he's healthy. But not last week. No, I said I, just real yeah, quick. I realized just, we, we live. Yeah, last week. we should probably get into that just real quick. When healthy, he's a wide receiver one, and here he was, and he uh-huh. sucked last week. Completely well, healthy, completely sucking. I would not have said to play him against the Ravens. He's a guy that you can draft in the ninth, tenth round, so you don't have to. That's the whole point of Will Fuller is that right, he doesn't have to. But he's only playable be. one week out of the year. All right. Well, it's been two. Well, he missed it. <laughs> so he's been he's been playable fifty percent of the year, and I said to play him week one. So we're doing well so far. Don't play him this week. So thirty three percent of the time he's playable. Well, it's not been a the sample size is much too small for these determinations. Yeah, of the time it works every time. Someone someone is learning from my playbook. I just want to you know let you guys know. So guys, we lied. We said we said that if we got Melvin Gordon wrong again, we had to pick him to keep this thing going. Greenlaw got him wrong as a sit, and we no one picked him this week. The spoiler no alert, one. It was between to... these two. Yeah, I would never agree to that. Yeah, and I was actually thinking about saying sit Melvin Gordon this week. <laughs> Why don't you change yours real quick so we can keep it going? See, hell well, to well, the we're yeah. in quarterbacks, Ryan. I know. Talk but to I just us realized. about Gardner Minshew. Okay, so Gardner Minshew is my start for reasons we've already pointed out. This has been a really good year, really good so far taking advantage. Uh, he's got the Miami defense that just allowed a 400-yard game to Josh Allen. Miami is a spaghetti colander against the pass right now. Lots of injuries to that secondary, giving up over 14 points over the NFL average. So that's something I'm rolling with, especially with Minshew having the hot hand and hitting the spots like he is. So I'm all, I'm all for Minshew this week as a spot starter. Cool. I like it. I don't really have a disagreement with it. I'm going back to the well, bud. I'm going back to week one. Cam Newton is a sit. The Las Vegas Raiders have now gone quarterback 15 and quarterback 22. And quarterback 22 was freaking Drew Brees. I know that's without Michael Thomas, but there isn't a Michael Thomas on this New England offense. I know that he rushes. I know that Josh McDaniels will probably have something special, but I truly believe that this Raiders defense is somehow going to really screw up Cam Newton, and he is not going to fall in as a top-12 quarterback this week. Do not start Cam Newton. Are we too? As a group, as a general NFL fan base, ooh, hello, in the world, are we too low on the Raiders? I think people are. I after are. watching them, I, I watched the first half of the game and I quit watching after the second half, which is apparently when they still kept on doing what they were doing. That's when they were really good. The last two weeks, they look really good. I mean, they, they looked do. good against a porous Panthers defense, and then they looked really good against a very good Saints defense, or what we perceived to be. We got to figure that out. Yeah. Raiders but- are pretty good. They but I don't think they're going to be able to throw whatever 20 times to Darren Waller against the Patriots. 16 times to Darren Waller, no more than three targets for any other player. Right, that's insane. How is that even possible? Well, it happened. We just saw it. No. Stay, they, you take what you, you're, you take. <laughs> listen, you take what you're given by the defense, and apparently this Saints defense is just like, fuck it. Who gives a shit about Darren Waller? That's what the offense said, too. They just said effort, and then they yeah. didn't do anything except for dump off passes the whole game. Yep. But, hey, whatever. 
It worked. Uh, Zach, staying with you with running backs for a start. Let's start Kenyon Drake, buds. Let's get back on the Kenyon Drake train, the Kenyon Drake Express. It's It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit of a bumpy ride. You had Chase Edmonds in week one taking a lot of, you know, valuable snaps and everything. But then week two, nothing happens. And then here we are, Arizona, Kenyon Drake. I feel that it's going to get going against going this week. This is the week to start Kenyon Drake. I I will say this. I've been trying to trade for Kenyon Drake in every one of my leagues. And for whatever reason, nobody likes any of my trades. And I'm really butthurt about it. I but have him. And it's, it's, not the great, it's, not, it's not the great throne trade. Train throne. It's not. Um, but I will say this. So he played the Washington football team last week. It's pretty stout defensive line. I mean, it's very hard for um, a team to run on that offensive line and everything. But PPR formats and all that kind of stuff, and he plays the Detroit Lions this week. No-brainer, Kenyon Drake. It's a start. Got to go for it. Trade for Kenyon Drake if you can. Trade me Kenyon Drake if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Just for this week. All right. Uh, My my sit at running back is David Johnson. Uh, not coming off a great week, and he's got an even worse matchup. The Steelers are only giving up – they've some conflicting stats. I think someone had a typo in, in some of their stuff, but they're either only giving up 3.8 yards per carry or 2.9. Either way, it's not great for, for opposing running backs. Ranked sixth fewest in the league, giving up uh, rushing yards. So, right, that's not a great matchup for him. Plus, he's only got five catches so far in the season, so not really utilizing him there either. So, it's just not a great matchup for David Johnson coming off of another bad matchup. And I'd sit, I'd sit him on his bench and wait to see if he can wake up. I th- it's either that or that, that, that week one was a little bit of a uh, mirage for what David Johnson is. And I was going to put David Johnson for mine, but you stole him. So, I agree. Oh, wake up before noon there, confused boy. It's L.A. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on, uh, Greenlaw. I got James Robinson uh, as my start. The Dolphins are giving up just 22 points per game to running backs. But the thing is, the Jaguars give all their carries to James Robinson. So I all the carries, almost all the backfield targets. Chris Thompson got a couple, but I'm not worried about it. Uh, James Robinson's a start, especially against uh, this bad and l- Dolphins team. And let me tell you, overtime boys here, I had y'all had some great advice Sunday morning. Some great advice. You misled one of your your people and then made fun of him for asking if they should start James Robinson or not over Zach Moss, and they he got ridiculed. And I want an apology for that unnamed person. A good decision uh. is a good decision, regardless of outcome. And that that was not a good on paper matchup for James Robinson. He did well. He busted through the line and scored a touchdown. She's like, come on, Titans. What are you freaking doing out there? But, Does uh, this unnamed person's name rhyme with Brian Swatson? Listen, <laughs> I would like to apo- – hey, listen, I'll apologize. I will apologize that you could not make your own decision, whoever this may be, this unnamed person. Well, this person also won that league, so it doesn't really matter. No big deal. I will say also this. Also beat uh, someone else in this in this room. Is James Robinson going to be RB1 this week, Greenlaw? No. Ooh. <laughs> Dang. I was hoping they – Dolphins beat the Jags. Dolphins are beating the Jags. You heard it here first. All right. Ooh, I like oh, it. Uh, give us oh, a – We got to do our the Dolphins uh, every single week. I already did mine. 
I do. And they were really close. If you oh, read my yeah, best bets yeah. column, they covered the spread. I think I might have picked them to cover. I don't know if I did They did not, cover the spread. You're welcome. How many people picked that? Not many. I, I pick them. 28% of CBS people, I think. Uh, while I'm doing that, Justin, give us another sit at running back. All right. So you heard I was going to go with David Johnson. You heard that I had Chris Carson in this spot. But we're pivoting mid-show to keep the streak alive. Melvin Gordon. You they, sucker. This is probably a terrible pick because, let's be real, with uh, Philip Lindsay out and with Drew Locke injured, who are the Denver Broncos going to give the ball to? I mean, Cortland Sutton's also injured. Everybody's injured. But the Bucks defense, I think, is pretty good. They held the Saints offense. I mean, they had a pick, the Saints had a pick six, so they scored more points than they should have. But held the Saints rushing attack in check. They held the Panthers in check. The Broncos are going to be pretty bad all around. I feel like they're just not going to move the ball. This is another case of a quarterback came in against the Steelers who is not the quarterback they game plan for, and he played decently well, and he led a little comeback there. And people who picked the Steelers, like me, were like, what's going on here? <laughs> Drew Locke's out. What's going on with the Broncos? But I don't know. Melvin Gordon might have a good week. So my real pick is Chris Carson. But for the sake of the streak, it's Melvin Gordon. Sit him this week. He can't keep it up. What a cop out! You just copied my pick from last week. Wow! Yeah, oh yeah, I, we've seen that multiple. We're times going both tonight. ways. Also, don't play Chris Carson. <laughs> to L two for for everybody out there. So stick with a start at receiver. So at receiver, we're going to be starting. We mentioned him earlier in this podcast already. C D Lamb, another juicy matchup for Dallas. Zach already mentioned how Seattle can't cover anybody. They allowed a career high. Receiving yards to Julian Edelman out of the slot last week. C.D. Lamb's been playing mostly in the slot for Dallas. C.D. Lamb's also been ha- getting a lot of like intentionally designed targets, screen passes, and little end-around sweep type things. They want to get him the ball because he's a playmaker. He's been making plays so far. He hasn't gotten the end zone yet, but he's had two decent fantasy games, especially in like a flex position. I think this is the week where he finally gets in the end zone and is a, is a wide receiver two or better. Awesome. Uh, Greenlaw, give us a – I'm confused on why there's two names here, but give us a, a, a sit at receiver. Well, the reason there's two names is because it would be kind of a cop-out to say Will Fuller since he had zero points last week. So I'm saying both Texans wide receivers, the top two guys, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, sit Get both of them. Uh, again, same thing as the Deshaun Watson deal. They're playing a really good Steelers defense. I can't imagine a whole lot of success for these two guys. So sit both of them. All right, sit the Texans, guys. I'm going to start Julian Edelman this weekend. I know what we've said about the Raiders. Maybe we're low on them. And this isn't a fact about me being low on them. That's a, I wouldn't call it a favorable matchup, but it's a decent one. And with everything that's going on, I think Edelman is – I mean, the Raiders did give up 300 yards, but it was all dump off. Well, Edelman excels. He's also becoming a favorite target of – Cam Newton. Plus, he's just the best receiver on that team, and it's clearly not time it hasn't passed him yet. So I'm rolling with Julian Edelman this week as my start. He had 18 targets over the first two games, so he's getting a lot of the share. Can we talk about how bad the Seattle defense, pass defense is? And I think that I think this is a Gallup game over CD Lamb. But I, I almost put Gallup. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm of the mind that you start all your Cowboys receivers this week. Yeah, because, you should. You definitely yeah. should. Um, I definitely agree. I just wanted to go back to that a little point. Sure. Why don't you, why don't you give us a sit at receiver while you're Oh, thinking. I'm going to give you a sit. 
And it's Marquise Brown is not going to be. It's not going to be popular. It's not a popular sit. But you know, I hang onions. That's how I get to my eleven. Is that I remove the name and I go in depth into analysis. And the Kansas City Chiefs still carry around this misperception that they're a bad pass defense. They haven't been a pass de- bad pass defense for a little bit now, and it's time to get on board that they're going to hone in on what is going on in the Ravens offense. And this is not going to be a Marquise Brown game. Hollywood Brown out of here. Don't start him, sit him, still start Lamar Jackson because he has the rushing edge, but do not start Hollywood Brown because right now he's a B movie. Ooh, I am benching him in my league. I have him in this week. So that's good. Why don't you stick with you and give us a tight end to start. Tight end to start, unlike some people on here, I truly believe Mike Gusecki or Gusecki, whatever nope, his last name is. you got it. You asked I got it, Mike Gusecki. Overtime, neither of us knew how to say it, but guess what? Mike. I watched the Bills-Dolphins game, and this guy yeah. was extremely productive. They said his name a lot of times, and I now feel confident that it is Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki is going to go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we saw what Johnny Smith did. It is a no-brainer. I know that people like to say that he's not very good or whatever. This guy was on fire towards the end of the year. He had a rough start to week one. Stardom this week versus the Jaguars. No doubt. Boom. All right. Well, my sit is going to be Tyler Eifert, and that may or may not be a stretch, but he's coming off a 13-point game in PPR. He's a known name. As I know what we've said earlier, I think Gardner Minshew is going to have a good game, but there are a couple factors here. Yeah, he's a recognizable game. I think you should forget his name this week just because while the Dolphins are bad against the pass, they have been better against the tight ends. They're giving up the second fewest points to tight ends so far in the season. So something's working there within their scheme. Based on what I saw, JG searching the records, he'll put up the correction there if I'm wrong. Who did they play at tight end? Name a Patriots tight end. I don't care. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Devin Asasi. My other point, Asi, Asi? I think Asi, he's Asi. like fourth string. <laughs> he's a rookie. My other point is that Minshew is a... Is he first string? I think so. Okay. Well, whatever. The point is, it's two weeks. you got to be careful with things like that. It's two weeks. Spicy. They've played the Minshew Bills. Minshew is also a bit of a wild card and likes to spread the ball out. We've seen that so far. Spicy. The receivers are big, big, been big benefactors to him and his decision so far this season. So I'm just, it's a little bit of both for me. It's a little bit of everything combined. I don't think he's going to produce again for that 13 points. I think he's going to be closer to four or five points, a couple of receptions, that kind of thing. Thinking he stays out of the end zone. I just don't think you need to roll him into your lineup this week. It's a Greg Olson regression re- week for uh, Tyler Eifert. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with the pick. Just be careful about things like that when it's only been two weeks. That's all I'm saying. Spicy. I know, but it's all I've got to go with right now when I was looking through everything, okay? <laughs> I think my other points were better anyway. So, Greenlaw, let's move yeah. on. To you. No, you're right. I'm going with Drew Sample. He only played as the starting guy for about half last week um, against the Browns, but he had nine targets in that short amount of time. So, I think Burrow's going to look a lot at him this week. Um, against the Eagles, who gave up three touchdowns to Tyler Higby. So I, I think he's a definite tight end one this week. Let me ask you a question. How tall is Drew Sample? Taller than me. 6'4", 258 pounds. I loved I wasn't Drew's... wrong, just so you know. Yeah, you, you are right. He's way taller than you. 
But I love Drew Sample coming out of college because of his pure size. And he had pure – he was a lot like – he reminded me a lot of Ben Troop and Jared Cook. Like, from a Titans perspective, he was that guy that had all the physical attributes you would want in a tight end but couldn't catch. I like this sneaky pick. I think this is a good sneaky pick. Yeah, I like it too. He is taller than anyone on the show, so that's that's a good that's a good. But not point. taller than Mike Miracles. No, uh, I'm taller than everybody. Nobody can ever prove otherwise. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Justin, give us a sit at tight end. <laughs> so I'm going to go with um, you know Logan Thomas really let me down last week. He would have been a good sit pick last week, but uh, sorry. Hayden Hurst had a decent game against the Cowboys. I don't know. It was totally random. Hayden Hurst had a decent game against the Cowboys, but I'm not totally sold on this guy. I think that it's dangerous to roll him out two weeks in a row, hoping for a second, hoping for back-to-back touchdowns, which is really where his production came from last week. So I'm just benching Hayden Hurst because I think that Matt Ryan is going to spread the ball around. Russell Gage scored a touchdown. Julio Jones only two had two touchdowns catches. a week in a row. That's someone we need probably need to put on our radar at some yeah. point. Yeah, I think Russell Gage is a legit part of that offense. I think Julio Which Jones. I told you last week he Reed was. had him on his radar. He, did. Oh, he, he did. did. He did. He did. Uh, yeah, that makes I think it that for all the other bad picks last week. I think Julio Jones dropped a big touchdown. He would he could have had a much different day. And I just think the production we saw go to Hayden Hurst last week is typically going to be Julio Jones stats. So I'm worried about ben- starting him two weeks in a row. I'd like to have a a separate podcast just to talk about Austin Hooper and what the fuck has happened to Austin Hooper and why Hayden Hurst has not taken over that Austin Hooper role. Like like both things. Like Austin Hooper's been terrible in Cleveland. And we called that on the show. Which we did. Right, right. But we thought that Austin Hooper was a product of the system. So we thought that Hayden Hurst would then also be a product of the system, right? But I guess it's a a crazy dichotomy. Is that right? Last year, the. Last year, the Falcons wide receiver three didn't really, yeah, you did, didn't really produce very well. And this year, we've seen Russell Gage produce a lot. So I just think the production may have shifted instead of. Yeah. Going Hear to that tight end. because it's not Sanu. Yeah. It's not Sanu. Nobody, it's nobody Sanu. It's no Hamid Sanu. <laughs> so just to stick with you, give us a defense to start. So I like the Colts. I actually think this is a no brainer. And uh, this is kind of well, a cop out for is. me. The Jets are the worst team in football. There's no question about it. They're absolutely, utterly, entirely disastrous. And I picked up the Colts in four leagues this week. I tried to pick them up in six leagues, but they were not available in one, and I lost them in the other. But I did get them in four weeks, not just because I think this is an, a must-start, no-brainer week, and they're probably going to have like a 50% play share in DFS this week just because the Jets are so, so bad. But I actually think the Colts' defense is not entirely legit, but mildly legit. And I like their upcoming schedule, too. So I know this is a start-sit for the week thing, but this is good advice. If the Colts are still out there, they're probably not. But if this person in your league who has them drops them, they play Chicago and Cleveland and Cincinnati the next three weeks, then they come back and play Detroit. So they have a pretty good after a bye. So they have a pretty good upcoming little schedule here. No-brainer. Colts, this is my only win. I like that you... you, Okay. Go go ahead, ahead, Zach. Well, I just like that he... He picked this as a no-brainer, but then he also told you why it should be a weekly no-brainer, which is which is not a cop-out. Like, it's not a cop-out to go against the Jets because he also told you that the Colts are going to be viable for a couple of weeks. I just want to say that. I just want to compliment him. 
Right. If you are in the market of streaming defenses, though, that should be your target every single week. Yes. Streaming again. 100%. Yeah, look ahead now at who the Jets are playing because it's mm-hmm. not getting better in New York. What's up, Ryan? You look bummed as hell. Yeah. Did you happen to look at my picks before you made your picks? No. Why? <laughs> that was oh, my pick. God. Do y'all both have the Colts? Yeah. I just now noticed that. Yeah, he did. Well... The Colts was the only thing that I wrote in without even thinking twice about it. Everything else, I did hey, maybe you should have thought twice because I had him first. Yeah, well, you <laughs> took the uh, David Johnson from me. Freaking uh, motherfucker over here took Michael Pittman from me, and this other motherfucker took Jeff oh. Wilson from me. So. I can't take someone from you if I'm the first one to Spoiler say. Spoiler alert! I my life is two hours behind yours. It's not fair. <laughs> I agree. I, mean, I did it. it like at 10 a.m. this morning. Give us a sick. Interesting though, you guys literally live things two hours before I do in real time. Anyway, go ahead. I, th- I think that's, Dude, that's how it works. Yeah, you live it two hours before. Your time is paused while theirs is going on. <laughs> but like you wake up and start your day and like your brain activity, whatever. Whatever. You become informed about things. Whatever, man. Life's crazy, bro. <laughs> Justin's very confused. <laughs> Life's confusing, man. <laughs> Just so confusing. Holy! All right, I should get this back on the rails. Give us I want to be known I'm playing this up a little bit, at least in that last part. So this one's kind of going against what Zach said earlier, where he said sit Cam Newton, but I'm saying sit the Vegas defense. Only uh, one I of us can be right. That's true. And if history tells us anything, it's going to be me. So uh, we're going to go with the, the Vegas Raiders. You're going to sit them because Cam Newton's going to shred them. So Zach will be wrong. I'll be right. On the ground or through the air? Because he's still not that great of a quarterback. Both. He threw for, what, 380 yards or something like that? Seahawks. That's true. Don't let a couple weeks cloud your judgment. Just saying. It's not a great – I still don't believe in the weapons around Cam. It's not that I don't like Cam. I just don't believe in the weapons. I I agree with that. Sneaky guy to – keep tabs on is uh Nikhil Harry he's got as many targets as uh Julian Edelman yeah. does I've been thinking about that guy lately what guy Nikhil Harry <laughs> Nikhil Harry thanks for paying attention Ryan You're I like to think about here. how Will Brinson I'm says having to scramble for a freaking defense now because of look just at the zoom chat I don't want either one of those two teams you pick up I don't think Jesus plays good defense, to be honest with you. I apologize. Uh, while we wait on Ryan to pick up uh, to pick a defense, I'll just go on and do Tennessee as a sit. <laughs> sit Tennessee. Don't fall for this garbage that oh Kirk Cousins sucks and the offense of the Minnesota Vikings sucks and Dalvin Cook sucks. We just saw what James Robinson did. We just saw what this Jacksonville Jaguars defense did. It's a rebound week. Titans are going to win, but Kirk Cousins is going to put up enough points, and this offense will put up enough points to make them a out-of-the-top-12 defense. Don't, don't fall for this crap that this Minnesota Vikings team is a crap team, that it, it belongs in the Browns and it belongs in those other teams. It's it's not that way on paper. It will be better. But this team is going to be at home. And I think that this, unless we get some major help from players coming back on the roster for the Tennessee Titans, if they don't come back to the roster, 
then this team is going to be tired and Adam Thielen is going to score. And this could be a high-scoring game. I believe in this Minnesota offense to be able to produce enough points to make this a sub-12 NFL defense. You want five more defenses? No. <laughs> I'll go with the Browns uh, for my start. I, don't, I have no analysis Ooh. for you, but just go with the Browns. Browns play Washington. Falcons play Chicago. Jags play Miami. Chargers play the Panthers. And San Francisco plays the Giants. You may be worried about San Francisco. You may be worried about the Jags, but Miami. Hey, terrible. San Francisco's starting Nick Mullins at this point. That's true. That is interesting. But they're oh, defense- going the Browns. Uh, that's, that's my, I guess, since I don't get to pick the Colts, which I agree was a no brainer. I liked it so much, I put them in first. Uh, it's <laughs> you started we'll with, both, hey, we'll count the Colts. We'll count the Colts for both. Because you started with Indianapolis. So I like quickly scanned for a C and I saw an I and I didn't even think twice. I just wrote Colts. What NFL team starts with I? Uh, let me say this the way that this spreadsheet's laid out, if you ignored the Colts, I think you're just illiterate at this point. So, JG, you're illiterate. Wow. <laughs> Your literalist oh. fucked us again, Charlie. And I never knew that I was illiterate <laughs> until right now, actually. Yeah. We'll give you a tie I for I never it. learned to read, if anybody ever has saw Wayne's World. <laughs> Let's move on to the <laughs> position. Uh, Zach, start back with you. Let's give us a must start. Let's the- talk about John Brown. Talk about him. And let me say this. I saw a video today of some Buffalo Bills, you know, idiot stooges talking about their wide receiver one being Stephon Dix. Hello, have you watched two weeks? Have you watched last year? John Brown is your number one wide receiver. John Brown and um, oh god, what the fuck Cole is Beasley. their quarterback name? You love Cole Beasley? Josh Allen. Holy shit, I just blanked on Josh Allen. Uh, John Brown and Josh Allen. Two generic fucking names that connect constantly. John Brown is a wide receiver one. He's got the speed. He's got the deep ball for uh, Josh Allen. And I will say this, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen just don't mesh well. I know they had a good game this last week, but guess who still got a touchdown and still who got the, uh, the yardage? John Brown. John Brown's around. John Brown is a flex. He's a must start. Doesn't matter if you're going to put him in a flex. Doesn't matter if you put him in the wide receiver spot. This is your guy. Start him. All right. You're going to have to put a lot of corrections on that one, JG, because Stefan Diggs last week had 13 targets for 153 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I played against him. So yeah, I am but John well Brown aware. still got his. That's what I'm saying. Sure, but Diggs is still wide receiver one. He's oh, the number no four way. overall fantasy do? wide receiver right now. Now, Greenlaw, yeah. now what did you say in week one? You said – well, Josh Brand or Josh Allen is the only guy that turns Stephon Diggs into nothing. He could, but I was wrong though because he's one game Diggs does has, not make it. It's not one. He's got twenty-two targets so far across the two games, which I think is probably third in the league behind Deontay Johnson and uh, maybe Hopkins. Let me say this: John Brown's the guy. That's the guy to own week after week. Well, that's the guy to own. own both of them if you can. Yeah, because they're maybe, both top ten wide receivers. Right I'm not now. here to argue about Stephon Diggs versus John Brown. I'm here to argue that John Brown is who you need to be starting in your flex. Just be careful about the whole two weeks thing and the fact that the Bills have had a very easy opening schedule against the Dolphins and the Jets. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah, keep that in the back of your mind when you're talking about Stephon Diggs. 
<laughs> so in my in my flex position, I'm I am going to sit Ronald Jones <clears throat> after we've got lied to. He has fallen out of favor. He he didn't. I think that Tom Brady disappeared him after he dropped the pass that they should have had. So fumble. He, <laughs> fumble. So either way, he has fallen out of favor with Tom Brady. When you fall out of favor with Tom Brady, you disappear in the offense. Just ask Jonas Gray. Yep, and it does appear that Leonard Fournette is overtaking a bit and rushed around. Uh, he had outrushed Jones twelve to seven on Sunday and did a lot more with it. Uh, combine that. He with looked the, good. Sorry, he looked good. He did, and, but but here's the thing: combine that with a tough matchup versus the Broncos. So either, if you just want to say they're going to split carries, if that's your best case scenario, I'm sitting. I'm sitting around Jones because I think Fournette's going to do more with his opportunities. And it's a tough matchup versus the Broncos, and has all the makings of a sit. For him, and just stay away from him. If you have to rely on him, maybe find someone in the waiver wires that can maybe do better or has a better matchup for you. If you can dump Ronald Jones in a trade or something, do it because it, this is the highest his value is going to be, in my opinion, for the rest of the season. Unless something happens 100%. to Fournette, 100%. Dump him if you can in a Couldn't trade. More. That's some good advice. Why don't you give us some more advice there, Greenlaw? Uh, my flex start this week is going to be old Joshua Kelly. Love uh, it. He is basically the Melvin Gordon in this offense right now. He's getting he is getting more rushing attempts than Austin Eckler is, and he's playing the worst fantasy rushing defense in the league in Carolina. They're giving up 46 points per game to running backs, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, this is a no-brainer. Both of him and Eckler are both going to be successful because the, the Chargers play both of them equally almost so he's gonna eat he's definitely a flex i was tempted to put him in to my running back spot but i like james robinson so you would have been fine to put him in the running back spot because they play the panthers which is right. a horrible run defense and he currently he's running back 23 yeah. running back 19 is austin eckler that is a disparative that's a huge gap in value between what you drafted those two guys at and yep. Joshua Kelly is a must-start. I talk about it in the fourth down decision, which will be out today. And Josh Kelly is a must-start week in and week out until he proves otherwise multiple weeks in a row that he is not a valuable part of this offense because he is. I was thrilled I to grab pick. him. I was thrilled to grab him today. Didn't even have to put in a waiver claim. He was you, sitting there. He literally was just sitting in your – After waivers process, he was just sitting there, and I was like, oh – What's this guy oh still doing God. here? I want to I'll be in him. that league. I want to go to there. <laughs> That's the family league that I win a lot. Let's, let's stick with you. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> let's not talk most, about that league anymore. Let's let's stay with you with the most convenient pick of the day here and, and, and talk to us very little about your, your flex option. Look, if you like Braxton Berrios, if you like Frank Gore, if you like Le'Veon Bell, if you like Prashad Perriman for some reason, even healthy, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Nobody on the Jets is worth playing this week. The Jets are the worst team in the league. They don't score points. They scored a garbage time point. It's garbage. Yeah. What? So my, my, my question is, if you're going to stick with this, if anybody on that offense breaks out, is this a loss for you? Oh, yeah. Any oh, running back or wide receiver or tight end. Well, oh, Chris Herndon. Chris Sounds Herndon's like pretty Chris good. Herndon so. revenge game. Oh, it says anyone player. on the Jets as a flex I position. agree. I'm nope. I'm putting this out there, Mike. The there's a reason I snaked the Colts away from Ryan before he could talk about them. Is that <laughs> the Jets are bad? <laughs> give us Justin. Give us your sleeper of the week. My sleeper of the week is Darnell Mooney. <laughs> what? What's so funny about this? He's got a kind of funny name. Whatever. 
<laughs> Darnell Mooney, show me the moon, baby, because they get the Atlanta Falcons this week. <laughs> The Bears play the Falcons this week. The Falcons are terrible on defense. They just had one of the worst collapses in the history of the NFL. After having one of the worst collapses in the history of the NFL during the Super Bowl of Matt Ryan's MVP season, they somehow topped it, maybe not in stakes, but in terms of just overall terribleness. Defense in Atlanta is not good. I don't think the Bears' offense is great. I don't think they're a traditional 2-0 great team right now. But Darnell Mooney is a rookie who's been playing well. He's been playing a little bit over Anthony Miller, which is kind of interesting. And he has a connection with Mitch Trubisky. He caught a touchdown last week, and I think maybe he's earned his way into some more snaps against the bad defense. He's my sleeper of the week, baby. All right. Uh, Greenlaw, give us your sleeper of the week. Real quick, does it worry you that Mitch Trubisky disappears wide receivers on a week-to-week basis? Like Anthony Miller was great week one, and then last week he had less than five points, I think. Does that worry it does you from slightly, a- but Anthony Miller didn't really have a great week one. He had a really nice touchdown catch but if you look at right. the snap counts his snap counts were were low in week one even and they were even lower in week two which is just i don't know it's weird i liked anthony miller coming out of memphis so i don't know what's going on there but i do like darnell mooney and yes i'm uh, slightly concerned but he's i know what's going on there is that their quarterback suck well that that's definitely that's an issue true. but i'm talking about the snap counts like why isn't miller playing more snaps because matt nagy sucks or naggy whatever his last name is i'm not trying to figure this out but greenlaw what's your sleeper it's it's Jeff Wilson. So he became RB2 with uh, San Francisco after they lost Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. So I, I think there's enough work for him and McKinnon to go around here. And they're playing the Giants, which, you know, they're not great. And I, I expect San Francisco to be up, which means they can run the ball a little bit more. So more touches from, for Wilson, little sneaky uh, sleeper. I agree. I think Jarek McKinnon probably maintains the same role, and they just let Jeff Wilson be the main guy carrying the load. Be, yeah. I agree. I'm running back in for sure. Uh, my sleeper is going to be Curtis Samuel, and I thought that they would use him a lot more than they have this season. Well, with Christian McCaffrey out four to six weeks, and I know Mike Davis is the hot name in the running back there because it appears he will be the starting every down running back, but I'm going to tell you, Curtis Samuel already had 51 snaps. He he's has a lot of snaps in this offense. He's only getting six touches, though. I expect that to increase significantly as they try to work him in the game and give him some of uh, the Christian McCaffrey work that's a little outside the box, that's a little creative. I expect them to try to give that to him and force the ball to him as a playmaker in this offense and use Mike Davis as a regular just running back. So look for Chris Sam, Curtis, excuse me, Samuel to get an uptick in his usage and how they get creative with him. Um, I know, that, you know, he could see some snaps at receiver running back, so you got to love that versatility that he's going to bring to this offense that's going to need uh, a bit of a crutch and a bit of, of someone to lean on while McCaffrey's out. Great pick. And also Matt Rule has said in, back in July that they expect him to take some uh, snaps out of the backfield. So I think that this is a dead-on – when. Christian McCaffrey goes down, they go towards the running back, right? The next running back up, he goes down. I think with a week of planning, Curtis Samuel is going to be involved in that backfield with Matt Rule, and I think this is a great sleeper pick, I do have to say. Thank It'll probably much. fail, but, you know. It will, it will, it's great it right now. It's a good decision in the moment. So yeah. <laughs> give us your sleeper, Zach. I'm going back to the well again. I went back with Cam Newton as quarterback as sleeper, and now I'm going back to a Colts rookie Colts wide receiver here right now. Michael Pittman Jr. 
He didn't get the target share because Paris Campbell went down and he probably wasn't at full health because it was actually said that Michael Pittman may not play this game. I think this is the week that Michael Pittman has a breakout. We know this coaching staff loves Michael Pittman. Frank Reich has a hard-on for Michael Pittman. Wants to get him involved. That's why they drafted him. And I think this could be a good week for that. I think that Michael Pittman is going to have some target share. We know that Phillip Rivers does like to spread the ball around. Even though the Phillip Rivers did not have a great week this last week, he was quarterback 26. I think that we'll see an uptick right here. Michael P- Pittman, deep sleeper. I like it. Guys, we gave, we gave some great advice. We've had a very long show. Hopefully, everyone's able to pick up some tips here from the great advice thrown from the shitty advice sofa and all things in between to a backboard that is still in the room but is in a weird position because it's a background. <laughs> we love Calvin Ridley. But in closing, remember to be sure and check out all of the podcasts and articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com, partnered with 440 Sports. Make sure to catch Zach and JG at 11 a.m. Central on Fantasy Overtime for all your week three last-minute advice. Follow Broadway Sports on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show at Flex on Broadway. Follow Zach at FWordsPod, JG at Titans on Titans Film Room, and Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway. Remember to subscribe and rate five stars. See you next what time. What's going on? I called out his board. He had to come drag it up. Amazing focus on that board, too. Can you, can you, the, can you draw two, two uh, hands going up for the football real quick? <laughs> Are we doing hand turkeys? I meant like our uh, our <laughs> the ending out animation. There we go. <laughs> Are you even writing anything? Yeah, I can okay, see it. He's got really. the green. Oh, sorry. The hello is much better. <laughs> I love it. It looks great. <laughs> A Broadway Sports Media Production.